Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 14.3. We're going to talk a little bit this morning about prophecy, and then we're all going to prophesy to one another. Hallelujah. And I'm going to put pressure on some of you. I'm going to call you out. Do you ever remember in school when they said they're going to call you out and somebody calls you out and you freak out going, oh my God, please don't let them call on me. Well, that's what we're going to do this morning. I'm going to put you under pressure. But I want to demystify some things, okay? But anyhow, 1 Corinthians 14, 3 says this. What's it say? Actually, can you put it up in the King James? If you can, I'm sorry. Elizabeth, if you can get that up in the King James. It's better on that. It says, but he who prophesies, this is New Testament. He who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, comfort, right? Real simple. Now, let me say this real quickly. I think I mentioned it last week. In the Old Testament, prophecy was more than anything else. It was foretelling. It it was speaking of future events. But almost nowhere in the New Testament does prophecy speak of that. It's what we call forth-telling. It's speaking forth the things of God. Uh, Yes, indeed, it says inspired declarations or what have you. But prophecy in and of itself is something that is really quite simple. Now, we have to differentiate, let me say real quickly, between prophesying and being a prophet Remember, just because we can prophesy does not make us a prophet. Like the old joke illustration, any more than like if you slept in a garage, it would not make you an automobile. Amen? So, yeah, I want you to catch this. Like there are some people like Tommy in our church and like Deji back there that they really have matured in a prophetic gifting. There's a, the, the, the hand of the Lord is upon them. In that area, there's a strength to what they carry because of years of practice and years of service and what have you. But anyhow, so real quickly, I just wanted you to see that he, but today, New Testament prophecy is about this. It's about what it says here, edification, exhortation, and comfort. So I've asked, I just put up a real quick, uh, if you can go ahead and put up that slide. I just wanted you to see what the lexicons say about this. The first word, their edification. Edification is this word, okidomo. And literally, it means, it's very simple. It means to build up as in a dwelling, to build a house. It's an architectural term. Oikos in the Greek is home, domo is to build. So literally, to edify, to edify, which is today's prophecy, New Testament prophecy. See, a lot of you don't realize you prophesy all the time, but you think you're just talking. But when it comes from that touch of heaven, when, when your, the Spirit of God touches you to go up to somebody, you know how we're always saying here, find somebody to encourage, right? Every single Sunday, I always tell people, find, just find one person to encourage. It'll change their life, change your life. But, but to edify simply means to say something to somebody that builds them up, right? It's so, so that's simple. So that's what that means, okay? Exhortation is this word paraclesis which means a calling near, instructive, persuasive discourse. Now, like I said, this is right out of lexicons. A summons to urge one to pursue some course of conduct 
always, it says this word is always prospective, looking to the future. So to exhort somebody, in other words, is to just that is to encourage somebody, your future is bright. You hear me? You know, you're, you know God's got his hand on your life. You're going to go, like I just said, from strength to strength. And the final one, just comfort, is just what it says, paramuthia. It means a process of consolation, comfort. And it says, with a great degree of tenderness, to console from a trial or a time of suffering. Isn't that simple? Everybody say that's simple. Everybody say that's simple. Hallelujah. You better get loud. Des, do lock the door. Okay, lock the doors. Okay, do that. Now turn to Romans. uh, If you guys could put up Romans 15.2 in the Amplified. Romans 15.2. And we're going to get after this in a moment. Romans 15.2. I want us to read this out loud. Ready? As as Creflo Dollar goes. One, two, three. Let each one of us make it a practice to please make happy his neighbor for his good and for his true welfare. To edify him. To strengthen him and build him up spiritually. Isn't that good? I mean, what if we all did that for real? I mean, it is just that simple. And that's what Paul says here. You have almost exactly the same statement in 1 Thessalonians 5.11. The very same thing, okay? So with that in mind, like I said, that's all I'm going to quote-unquote teach on. But I want you to catch this thing too. The reason we teach about the love of God so much, and this is what has to capture you. Now really hear this. In the New Covenant, in the New Testament... Let's put it this way. You cannot find a place where Jesus Christ, as it were, curses or speaks ill of somebody. The only, remember, people that Jesus Christ had trouble with are religious spirits. People who bore the likeness of religion but had no connection with God at all. But remember, God is love. So people that are religious have no connection with love at all. It always comes back down to the foundation of love, as Julie mentioned that we sang about this morning. Love. I said love. The love of God. The unselfish, all-giving, uncompromising, unconditional love. He doesn't love you if you do something just right. He doesn't love you if you've achieved this, that, or the other. He just has no other recourse. He just loves. So how, I mean, you know, the Bible says when it comes to prophecy, the word to judge it. Well, listen, there is no greater thing that you can judge prophecy by. First of all, if you understand that today prophecy is what? Edification, exhortation, comfort, right? Right? That's what it says. I mean, if you're going to go to the Bible, this is what the Bible says today prophecy isn't going, next week you will be in Kenya and you will marry 14 women and you will bear 75 children and you will own 36 oil wells. And I don't know what else. (laughs) No, 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 no. See, and, and the Bible's really clear, man. I'm telling you, it's quite freaky. It says, woe unto them who speak and say in the name of the Lord when it's not in the name of the Lord. To say something and say, the Lord says this, is a big deal. Because, 
there's people out there, if you say, you know, what do you do if somebody says, the Lord said this? This is why I love a lot of the people that we esteem highly today that are very proficient in this, like a Mike Bickle, like a Rick Joyner, like, like a Bill Johnson, like Chris, like these guys. Because, you know, they'll just say, this is what I sense, or this is what I'm getting here. And, you know, the issue is, you know, all of us are imperfect, so that means you don't hit it every time, right? But that, again, I want to say that before us as a company, as a house, and as a family that, you know, at, there's nobody in here that won't miss it at some time or another. But if you don't get started in this, you're going to miss such a great part of what God has for you. But I just want to say this thing about love again, because I really want you to catch this. To judge prophecy really is to judge if does it come from love? Does it look like love? In other words, if it doesn't bless, if it doesn't encourage, if it doesn't admonish, if it doesn't move you towards betterness or thinking high, more, thinking better of yourself, what have you. In other words, it doesn't deconstruct okidomos. It builds up, right? It builds up. It doesn't tear down. And there's a lot of people that, you know, I've given you the old illustration of the very first church I went to in California when I was first saved about how there was these two little old ladies in the church and they used to compete against each other in prophecy. Remember I told you? This one woman get up and she's like, Thus saith the Lord, laka daka laka shaka laka laka. Then the other one get up and try to out-prophesy her and say, Oh, the Lord says this, And then one day, I mean, honestly, I was actually there for this one time. She got up. This is Buddy Harrison's church way back in the day with the church that, you know, he was Kenneth Hagin's son-in-law. And when Word of Faith, that church, Word of Faith, the very first Word of Faith started back there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And this one woman got up and prophesied, <laughs> you know, prophecy 122, behold, I do a new thing. Even now it shall spring forth. Prophecy isn't just quoting the scripture. And so just because you quote a verse doesn't mean you're prophesying. But can, can scripture be in a prophecy? Absolutely. But prophecy is just doing what we said. It's edifying. It's building up. Or it's exhorting, it's, it's speaking, it's admonishing you about the future, the good things that are to come. Or it's comfort, like a peer, if you can sense that somebody's really gone through a trial or a time of suffering. It's just that simple. But anyhow, this one woman got up and prophesied. And this other woman got up after, literally in turn, and said, You think you're something big, but the Lord says you ain't. <laughs> you know, that's what she did. And, you know, and it was so funny. I mean, you know, actually what she said is I put it in different words. Actually, it's, it's kind of Oklahoma. English. She said, thou thinkest thou art a humdinger, but thou art not a humdinger, like a humdinger, like you're really something cool. And old buddy Harrison, he was so funny. He got up and he said, well, he said, I want to tell you, thank you very much. He said, but that wasn't God. I mean, he just said it. He just said, that wasn't God. He said, that wasn't the Lord. That was the flesh. But he said, I appreciate that, you, I appreciate that you're, you're wanting to move in the Lord. So if I say that to some of you, don't get angry. You know, what if we had enough maturity of spirit that somebody could say, well, you know, it was really good of you to do that, but that was the flesh. That wasn't God. Now, some of you would what? You would get your flipping feelings hurt, wouldn't you? You'd get your feelings hurt, and you'd take your candy and go home. Right? But you better be in a place where you know people love you. And you better, if you don't have a teachable spirit, 
you, you're just not going to do much in the kingdom at all. And you really harm yourself. You're not harming others, you harm yourself. So this is why we've always said in this fellowship, we have the freedom to make mistakes. It's no big deal. But what we're going to do this morning, I'm just literally, I'm going to, we're going to, now we're changing gears here. We're just going to, Julie and I are going to just sit in a couple of chairs here. And I'm going to, whether it's Julie or whatever, I'm going to call upon a couple of you to do this. And I'm going to ask somebody to do something for somebody. And then we'll just go back and forth. Hallelujah. Now what's, somebody tell me in your own words a little bit. Um, what's, uh, and we'll make it easy so don't anybody panic. What's edification mean? To build up, not to tear down. And some people say, like, I, well, I've got this picture. Some people get like a picture. They'll say, oh, this is what I see and what have you. But what, the way, the easiest way to try to communicate what we're doing is, you see, what my prayer has been this morning, well, actually over the whole last week, is that we simply light a fuse in many of you. We're going to, this is like what Jane Hammond calls activation. We want to see, well, I want, Look, remember in the very beginning I said I want to demystify this stuff about prophecy? Because everybody, you know, prophecy, prophet, prophet, prophet. Remember? Just because you prophesy doesn't make you a prophet. But God said that he wants all of us to edify, to exhort, and to bring comfort when we see that happening. Amen. Oh, good. Tommy is here. I want you up near here, Tommy, because like I said, Tommy... It's got this real well. Amen. Okay, now, um, I really hope you hear me. Every one of you thus far have been, you have prophesied. I said you have prophesied. Do you hear me? I said you prophesied. I said you prophesied. Okay, I, I want you to catch that. Like I said, I want to demystify this thing. You've edified, you've encouraged, you know, you've exhorted or, or you've comforted. I, again, why I'm saying this is because God says all over the place, despise not prophesying. You know, this is something he wants in our life every Sunday, everywhere we go. You look at somebody and a thought comes up, but we just let the thought stay. Sometimes that's where it's supposed to do is stay. But other times, like I've said so many times, just put this in your own remembrance. How many times has somebody come up, put their hand on your shoulder, and just said something, a word in due season, that just helped you incredibly? You know what I mean? And you go away and later think, man, that, that was so awesome that somebody came and said that just at that time, right? Hopefully you've all experienced that at some point, right? So that's what I mean. I want you to catch this. You're prophesying. Now, you may think this is so simple. But I mean, this is why, again, we want this, we want this to become the norm. It needs to be the norm because in God's house, it's the norm. And also, you'll, you'll grow in understanding. Like the Bible says, the word of the Lord grew and multiplied. People who are really adept at prophesying, they'll start out and they'll say something, a little light here and there. But suddenly, it begins to grow because as, as, as the old title of the song, the picture gets clearer. And they begin to see more and more as they begin to speak. And this is where, again, it's the principle of faith. You just simply realize this is not about me impressing you. It's just about me. I, you know, I feel I have, the, I have this sense about somebody. 
Tommy and uh, Deji, they're more adept at this because it's something, you know, that they've, well, it's a gift. They actually have a gift of prophecy. In other words, you know, there's a calling upon their life. They're not necessarily in the office of a, the fivefold ministry, office of a prophet yet, but they definitely have a calling on them. And so God's allowed them to sometimes see more clearly, but they're also men of prayer. And, you know, and like Deji would be praying it often, you know, he'll, God gives him stuff at home and what have you. And I know Tommy does as well. So I just want to turn it over to you guys. Like, Tommy, do you have somebody you want to speak to or have some? Go, go. When possible. You're on. Am I on? Can you hear me? Um, I just felt like to say, um, you know, a lot of times why people won't speak out. Um, a lot of times, why a, a lot of times why people won't speak out is because of the fear of failure. So I always feel every time that the Lord puts something in my heart, it's as if I'm putting my neck on a chopping block. I really do, because you know what? When you start using words and you start speaking in people's lives, it's another ball game. And you also have to be responsible for the words that you feel the Lord has delivered. Because what you've got to remember, when I speak out, I feel that I'm going to have to give an account for those words. So I'm very, you know, a lot of times when I'm at the back or something's going on and sometimes I'm driving a car or whatever, I'm really thinking through, Lord, if this is really you, you're going to have to show me or open a door, an opportunity where it just fits. And there's been times I've sat in a seat and I've just uh, done nothing. Um, the reason why I'm saying that is that while you're the person who is speaking and you are in what Pastor was talking about in the, the general mode of exhortation and encouragement and comfort people, for me that is a safe ground in, in, because what's going to come out of your mouth is going to be very safe to the people who hear it. Oops. But what I would say, and this is really where I just want to encourage you to really listen in what I'm saying right now. And now I'm going to talk to you as if you're the hearer or the receiver, not just the speaker. Because sometimes when it kicks in, and I don't know about Deji so much, but when it kicks in, it can become very directive. I find with myself when I'm, when I'm speaking, I feel real direct or shift to direct into people's lives. Even I know today I spoke to someone, I felt I'm not going to say at the front, I want to catch them onto the side. And that's another thing. I'm having to learn that sometimes the Lord don't want me to do it at the front. He wants me to take people to one side because it's not my show. You know what I'm saying? Because everything we do has to point to Christ. If I'm standing up here and it's not pointing to Jesus, or it's not pointing you to the word of God, and it's not pointing to the place of prayer, then I've got a question if what I'm saying is from the Lord in the first place. So I feel accountable for that and responsible. All right? Um... But here for the hearer, and this is really one that I want you to take note of something on two points, is that when something comes to you and it feels it goes beyond the general point of someone now speaking a word of encouragement, you as a believer, depending on your level of maturity, and let's go to the most basic level of maturity that you've just got saved. So I'm going to talk to you from the point that you've just got saved and we're all at different levels of maturity. So I'm going to speak like that so you don't miss it. But one thing you need to realize is that, you know, if someone starts speaking into your life, you need to step back for one moment and say to yourself, is what that person's saying to me, 
is really from the Lord. That doesn't mean you have to go up and say, I don't agree with what you're saying. Different people may, some may say may not, right? But you have to discern for yourself that if I give you a word, and let me put the eye out, if the Lord speaks through me and it's from the Lord, you have to discern, because remember, when I stand here, you're hearing it as if it's the Lord speaking to you, right? You have to discern if that is from the Lord that is speaking to you. And let me tell you something right now. If it's the Lord that is speaking through me to speak to you, the chances are he's already told you it first. And what he is doing, he's now confirming to you what you already know. And at that point, at that point, you can accept what people are saying to you. If, I'm saying it for your safety. I'm saying it for your safety when I'm up there. Because I don't want you to get moved by the fact when I speak, you go, because, because you don't want to offend. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because when you, leave, when you walk out these four walls, right, if it's from the Lord, you're going to have to walk it out. And if it's not from the four walls, you're going to be questioned if it was from him. And then you're really wondering if God's really spoken to you. So I'm, I'm talking from a practical point of view is that if God has spoken to you from the place of the word of the Lord, then you know what the chances are he already done it when you was at home, when you was at work, or if you was in your shower, if you was on the bus, wherever you was. And when the word comes to you, now you're saying, Lord, I've received that because I've already heard it. And please, people, I want to say something else on that, but I feel like I've got to step back from that, right? You know something? Sometimes as Christians, we can become lazy. And what I mean by that is that we're waiting for someone to prophesy to us to hear from God. But the first place that you're going to hear from God is in your time of prayer and reading the Bible. All right? You need to know that. Because if you go to, some, if you go to another service and someone starts prophesying or start doing things and you're not, you know, hearing from God first, you may just take on board something that God hasn't said. So you need to be in the place where you can hear God's voice for yourself before you say amen to something someone's put in your, in your mouth. All right? I'm not taking up too much time, but I really need to see it. I feel my gut, I need to say it. I'm saying that to protect you. As a brother in the Lord, I'm, I'm coming from a protective point of view. I don't want anyone prophesying over you and then you go and start making decisions and doing things that you know what God hasn't said. All right? And that's immaturity. That's your immaturity. You may just move out and do something. So please listen to what I've just said. If God's really speaking to you and the Holy Spirit is speaking into your life about a situation or a way that you have to change your behavior or a, a, something you have to do different, then make sure that you know that you've heard from the Lord he said it first. Now, if, he has, if, you're, if someone says something to you and you don't feel like that's the Lord, then you don't have to accept it and follow it. Does that make sense? Do you see what I'm protecting you here? But let me say this as well, right? Now someone's being directive and they're giving you the word. If the word comes to you and now they start speaking and you go, yeah, that's, that's the Lord, that's the Lord, right? Then you know what? When they start now speaking forth, you can understand that now it's not the Lord is speaking the word of the Lord into your future more than in your present and something you have to hold back on. I'll give you an example and then I'm going to hand over. You know, when, um, when we was having um, Sam, I said to the Lord, anyone who knows me from Chuncho, I said, if we have a boy, I'm going to call him Joshua. That is the truth. I was going to call him Josh. And I gave my word to the Lord that I was going to, I was going to call Sam Josh. Because I love Josh. I just think Josh, that guy, what he done in the Bible is amazing, right? But as Sam was growing in Wang's womb, I just felt this boy was a Samuel. I just, you know, I felt he was a Samuel, right? But I said, Lord, I said, Lord, I gave my word. If you gave us a son, I'm going to call him Josh. So one day we're at... Um, 
um, Cindy Jacobs meeting um, in the Holiday Inn in Kenzen. Me and Wang, Wang's about six months from, we're sitting at the back, we'd rather just hear the message. We're quite content hearing the message. I weren't even looking for a word. And that's another thing, by the way. Don't go looking for a word. And let me say this, if you don't hear a word, don't get disappointed. Because I've got disappointed when I've been in a prophetic meeting and you know what, God's speaking and, and the prophet didn't land his hand on me. I went out. That was a, not a terrible meeting, but I was upset. Don't have that attitude. I'm saying it on purpose because sometimes, sometimes we come to a meeting thinking that the prophet's going to speak to us. And when the prophet don't speak to us, we go out upset. Maybe I'm the only one in the church who's had that experience. All right? But I know... I know. And then if the person prophesies, you may not be happy what you hear. I've been on that route as well. I'm telling you practically some things here so emotionally you don't get upset. Because it's about growing in the Lord, alright? But what happened was, we was, we was at the back and then someone said, you know what? Um, yeah, Cindy wants to see you. And I'm like, no, no, leave her. She's busy. You know, because a lot of times what happens, when a prophet leaves a service, you'll notice these people, they're trying to run up to the prophet to for some, a prophecy, to get a prophecy. And I'm not into that, all right? I'm, I don't go looking. If it happens, it happens, right? So I said, no, leave her. She's just been ministering. Leave her alone. You know, I don't want to go. So the person said, look, she wants, all right, fair enough, we'll go. And I'm really kind of apologetic. And I don't want to be. But, so she has this word for, for Wang while Wang's pregnant. And she starts prophesying and saying, this boy is a Samuel. And starts saying some things which I feel like Mary that I need to ponder, right? And start saying these things. And, I, and, and at that point, I looked to Wang and I said, I said to, I said to Cindy, he goes, that's what I feel in my heart. That's what I feel in my heart, you know, that this boy's a Samuel. But because I gave my word to the Lord, I'm going to call him Joshua, all right? Well, he's a Samuel and we called him Samuel. It confirmed what the Lord put in our heart. You understand what I'm saying? God placed it in my heart, but I need confirmation, so I'm saying that from a practical point of view. It's wonderful that you're genuine. I hope more of you do that. And, and not only in here, but to your unbelieving friends as well. That's what I want. I want that. I want that for my friends outside more than I want it for the church. But I just want to encourage you in that. And I am going to pass it to Dej, you know, And I'm not trying to take the mic, but I really feel my heart need to say that. Is that, you know what? Just if you get a word from the Lord and it goes beyond a genuine, it's a very direct, please. Be mature enough to receive it as the, Lord, the word of the Lord or reject it, no matter who the person is, no matter their title, no matter how many times they've prophesied. It doesn't matter. It's not on the person. It's on the word that you've got to live when you leave the front door. And if it's not from the Lord, you're the one that's going to be disappointed. And if it is the word, Lord, this is my final, final. It may not happen overnight. And I've had to learn that, you know what, the most, I've had to learn and got so frustrated with life because the things that you hear people declaring over you as a young Christian and you don't see it happen, you come to a point where you've had enough. Don't let no one else prophesy. I, I said to the Lord, Lord, unless they tell me something really bad about me that no one knows, I don't want to hear what they've got to say. Because then I know that that person's speaking about me. It's not just a good word to tickle my ear. You know, so really be encouraged by that and I hope that none of you get yourself in trouble because you've just basically just gone out on a limb because someone said something to you. And I'm including myself in that. Sheesh. <laughs> All right. Yeah, amen, Tommy. He's good. He's got some good things. Glad we got him as a children's pastor. I love that, man.
teaching our kids. I remember, just before I asked Deji to speak, I remember when I just graduated, like this one-year Bible school in Oklahoma way back in 1978 is when I graduated. And uh, there were people with, oh, these old people of, you know, Kenneth Higgins staff and others that were prophetic. But this uh, one guy, his name was Bob Lemon. I don't think he's alive anymore. He was a really validated prophet and stuff. But, you know, he came up and he began to pray for me. And he backed off and looked at me and he said, in a matter of time, you're going to walk where kings walk. You'll be walking in palaces. And he said this stuff, and I remember thinking to myself, you know, who in the heck is he talking to? I mean, you know, I mean, I just got my license in real estate, and I was going to go live in Missouri and, you know, what I mean, and make money and all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, what? You know, this dude, boy, he's, wow, he's off big time. Where did that come from? You know, three and a half years later, I find myself in London in Westminster Palace. Now, and, you know, and other things, you to say the least, that have happened since then. But it is, and I always remember when I first walked in there, instantly the Holy Spirit brought that back to me. And he said, don't doubt me. And I'm just saying, God, sometimes people that really are, truly are prophets, they can say some things that look entirely one billion percent, that ain't me, Jack. But God knows. Deji, why don't you share a little bit just uh, from your perspective for a moment? Again, Tommy's taking so much time. I'm sorry. I'll rebuke him later. But take some time. Sure. You want? I'm just going to say a few things. Probably a bit from a, the other perspective. Okay. Um, people always come up to me and say, well, a lot of people come up to me and say, how do you hear from God? I need to hear from God. I really need to hear from God, um, but I'm not sure. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of my journey. I wouldn't say I was a prophet. I wouldn't say I was. I had a lot of prophet work, prophetic words or no prophetic words. I wouldn't say any of it at all. All I would say is this. It's about your walk with the Lord. Okay? And if it's about your walk with the Lord, okay, you've got to follow him. When I was a lot younger, um, I used to pray and say, Lord, I really want to hear your voice. I really want to hear your voice. I really want to hear your voice. But I don't, I don't understand. I don't, know, I don't know what is your voice and what isn't your voice. So I used to observe other people and see, what is it? Is it something special? Is it something they're doing? Is it, is it not? Or what is it? Okay. And the Lord showed me something. The first thing is, you have to be in the word. Okay, the Bible clearly says the sheep know the shepherd's voice, right? Without exception, there is no one in here that is not a sheep, right? The thing about sheep is they follow, right? They follow the shepherd, okay? And we're all sheep. And it says that my sheep, my, the ones in my flock know my voice, okay? So... It started with little things. For example, one day I was going to cut my hair and I went to the barber's place and there was no one there. Okay? And I was getting a bit frustrated. I said, oh, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? And I began to walk back to the station to go. And I heard a voice say, stop, go back. The barber's coming. He's going to be about 10 minutes. Okay? And then you get your hair cut. 
Saul's like, whoa. Is that you, Lord? And it's at that point you consider, is that the Lord? Okay? Is that the Lord? So I thought, let me try this. So I went back and waited. Sure enough, to miss Leah, Father came and he cut my hair and that was it. Okay? And then it happened again in other circumstances. And it happened again in other circumstances. And I prayed and prayed and said, Lord, okay, what have you got to say? Okay, what have you got to say? And I realized that the Lord does speak and then I also realized that, that I do hear. Okay. But it started with something small because I began to trust what he was saying and trust that I knew his voice. Okay. And then, for, fast forward a bit, I was sitting at home and I was praying and then the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to do what I asked you to do. And I said, but Lord, how can I be sure that it's you? And he said, Deji, if you get it wrong, I'll correct it. And I was like, whoa. And it's like, well, that removes your fear then, doesn't it? If you get it wrong, I'll correct it. Now, I didn't know whether God said the circumstances that I created by and my wrong word might be bad and then he'll pick up the pieces. I don't know. But he said it to me. He said, I'll correct it. I want you to say what I have said to you. You know my voice. You know that my sheep know my voice. And I've spoken to you before and you recognized it. So when I speak to you, you know that's me. Have confidence. So if that releases anybody, good. Now the other thing about this is that Be at peace, right? Be at peace. One of the things that I've learned is that do nothing in haste. When the Holy Spirit speaks, he is gentle, okay? He is gentle. He'll give you, often he'll give you promptings. He'll give you um, words. He might even give you a full sentence. But be at peace and wait for him. Don't rush ahead. He might say one thing, then you might want to add to it and say loads of other things on top of it. If you get a word from the Lord, just be, wait and see what else he has to say. Okay, wait for him. He leads, you follow. So that's really encouraging those who want to be released in words of knowledge, okay, and those that currently operate in it. The other thought, thing I want to say, I want to absolutely agree with what Tommy said. If someone comes to you with a word, okay, and you don't know what to do with it, the best thing to do is to say, Lord, if it's a true word from you, confirm it. Because God will always happily confirm a word that is released. Most time, it will be a confirmation straight away. Oh, yeah, loads of people have said that or you've, you've heard it before, or it's something in your, in your spirit you will know. Okay? But if you receive a word, like Pastor Lord says, and it's like, whoa, completely nothing you've ever heard before, wait, pray, and say, Lord, if it's a true word, confirm it. And when the confirmation comes, then you know, you can receive it. Okay? The other thing about it is that 
a lot of us receive a prophetic word and it, okay, I won't say it never happens or it hasn't happened, not in the time period that you would expect it to happen. So you think, well, it can't have been real. That can't have been a real prophetic word. One thing you've got to know about real prophetic words is that the minute it's released, the enemy will come with everything that he can possibly do to say that isn't true. He does not want you to have the benefit of that truth that's been released by the Holy Spirit to bring value into your life. He does not want that. So he's going to bring doubt, he's going to bring circumstances, he's going to bring everything you can imagine against it. So what should you do? You need to pray in support of that word and guard over it. Yeah? A lot of us have had prophetic words that have been released 10 years ago that we've forgotten about. We wrote it down, we put it on the table, and it's there stacked up with the others. But we have not nourished it with our faith. We have not prayed over it. We've not said, Lord, I received this prophetic word. Sometimes it's been a confirmation, but you didn't do anything with it. You've got to pray over it. You've got to say, Lord, this is the word I believe you for what has been spoken. Guard over it. Pray into it and see if God will say anything more. And that's really all I've got to say. I just want to encourage you that God speaks to all of us. There's nothing special or anything different about any one of us in terms of hearing. We all do hear. Okay? We've just got to be led by the Spirit. Okay? Thank you, Deji. So, edification, edification, exhortation, comfort. Edification, exhortation, comfort. Right? Can we not all do that? And all I want for this morning is I want you to see that when you do that, remember I said in the beginning, it's just I want to demystify. When you edify, exhort, comfort, you are prophesying. So don't think little of yourself. But at the same time, don't flip out and say, I'm a prophet to everybody. You know what I mean? Bow down to me and kiss my ring now. No, that's, that wouldn't be the Lord, really. I just, I'm sorry. Antonio, don't do that, okay? <laughs> Julie? Oh, God, sorry. He's teaching us. We're learning so much. But, you know, I just, sitting here, I've been thinking about how important it is to listen, how important it is to speak. I just thank God when I first came into the body of Christ and the walk of the Spirit, also in, I think it was 1978. And God took me and showed me there's another realm. You know, there is another realm, and we have access to it, all of us. And wherever you are serving, whatever your place is, I don't believe God wants you to feel put down in it. I believe he wants you to learn from difficulties. I've always learned from the places I've gone through. So whatever you're going through, you'll either find the solution, but you should be learning from it. So learn. You know, when you feel... You look at somebody's life and you look at the state of their soul. Pray blessings, like Rod is saying. Pray good things. Yeah, we're going to stop now.
But again, just like in that, it, it is just that simple. And remember, there's another scripture that says, if he that would have friends must first show himself friendly. In other words, you need to be proactive. You know what I mean, proactive? You need to be the one that moves instead of always waiting for somebody to move to you. And uh, it's really important in anything in Christ. It's, this is what it's about. So I'm just saying that to say this. If you wish that more people would encourage you, start encouraging more people. Did you hear me? Seriously, it's not rocket science, but it is life-changing when people actually capture this. Who can I encourage today? This afternoon, who might I just speak to? I mean, like sometimes I'll speak, Julie knows, I'll speak to people like at Waitrose when I'm coming out or something like that. I'll speak to the lady there and blah, 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 say this, that, and the other, and say, I'm going to pray blessings upon you. And, you know, just something you can just see their moment changes. It's, it's, it's so simple. Just one word, just something when you smile and you share something with somebody. But like I said, you don't bring up a Thompson Chain reference Bible that weighs 32 kilos and slap it in front of their face. But it's so easy, and that's called being Christ-like. It's everything, I go back to this, and like I said, I'm, we're never done. We just stop. But everything is about love. Like I said, it's all, as long as... It comes from love. If it comes from love, it's coming from God. You hear me? If it comes from love, it's coming from God. That's why I, like I joke with like these girls, like Angela and Ayana and Bobby and what have you like that. And I mess with Des and Jeff and all these guys all the time. But they know in their heart, you know, I always speak life to them. I always speak blessing to them because that's, I see them for who God sees that they are. And that's part of my life's call. That's part of Julie's life call. That's Tommy's life call. That's, that's Deji's life call. That's Matt. That's Bobby. That's all of our life call above anything else. Remember, we're, it's not about title. It's not about being a prophet, pastor, apostle, evangelist, teacher. It's about being Christ-like. It's about sharing, encouraging, building up, consoling, helping people, loving them, Prophesy. Don't despise prophesying. Find somebody. So, I mean, like today, I challenge you to, before you go to bed tonight, find a, just a minimum of four people. Wherever you go, restaurant, whatever you might do, I don't care. Find four people that you don't know and just say something nice to them. You know the funny thing about doing that? At the end of the day, you're the one that feels better. It's just so simple. You're the one that feels better. Because that's the way it is. It's like the best feeling on the planet is when you lead somebody to the Lord Jesus. You're the one that goes away going, <laughs> you know, because it's just, I've learned this deep intellectual truth. Things, you feel good when you do something that God will. And that's very deep. Amen. So thank you guys for this morning. I'd like to do this more often. Hallelujah. Did you enjoy this thus far, so far? Good. Good. We very much appreciate it. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 